All right, let's get into this. Uh, get into this word. Uh, I was, I was, when I was meditating on this, I thought through a particular story of a couple that we did premarital counseling for. Uh, that's members of this church. Uh, they're actually on vacation. Uh, but uh, so, uh, well, you've heard me reference it plenty of times, so I'll share. It's not. Uh, so we were counseling the Andersons. <laughs> and uh, so, so, so just, just to give you a backdrop, we were counseling them. They came in for counseling, so they're going to get married, right? And they have been in a relationship for a while, right? So they're in a relationship, and they're going to get married, and they're doing premarital counseling, right? And actually, if I, my memory serves me correctly, I think Zipporah is the one that kind of pulled Minister Lamar into the counseling. You know, with his ministry background, he, he probably didn't think he needed counseling at the time. Um, and so, and you know, he was yeah, had been around a different uh, ministry culture. Well, so we're going through counseling, and and you 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 can sense when something is a piece missing, but you really don't know what the piece is. So, Holy Spirit uh, revealed that the piece was Zipporah, even though who brought him to counseling? It was Zipporah, right? So Zipporah actually came to the church first. So, and so what the Holy Spirit revealed that Zipporah wasn't all in. So, 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 but they were in a relationship, correct? They were going through premarital to do what? To get married. So that means they're, they're, they had a connection, right? But Zipporah was not totally invested. Does that make sense? Right, so she wasn't all in. I just want to, I want to give you that little backdrop because a lot of times there we, 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 we have a connection in, in the kingdom and in God, um, but, but it's not, we're not totally invested. We were talking about this in Master Life this morning, how when you go through a situation and you need a, and you're praying, you have to ask yourself this question. Am I abiding in Christ? And I, am I, uh, do I have faith in his will or am I abiding in his will? Which one did I say? Abiding in his will. And so, so, and so, so, so I, I told everybody, I'm, I'm a, because I just have the sense that my memory is telling me I didn't read it correctly. So I, I want to make sure I read this correctly because I thought we were talking about the prayer of faith this morning in our uh, Master Life class. And this came out. Communication truth, victors. That's not what I'm looking for. Two-way communication. That's not what I'm looking for. Are you living in a vital connection with Christ? Okay. Am I abiding in Christ and committed to his will for my life? So, so in other words, we're going into prayer, and we were talking about the prayer of faith and how it starts off with what's the trouble, and then, and then we're going to talk to God, uh, and, but, but we have to locate ourselves because a lot of times if we ask ourselves, am I abiding in Christ, and am I committed to his will, we can see what's thrown us off and what's, what's uh, how can I say, opened the door or allowed trouble to seep in. But a lot of times we don't play off of, am I abiding in Christ or am I committed to his will? We're not playing off of those things at all. We're playing off of what's disappointing us or what trouble we don't want to deal with. So, when I, so, so again, and why would we think, I don't understand why this trouble is happening or why would we even think, God, how could you let this happen? Because what? We have a connection, right? We have a connection, but what? But sometimes we have a connection, but it's not an invested connection. We're not totally invested. So I, I think about this from the angle of, so, so the word invest means um, to endow or to saturate or to entrust. So endow, like I'm all in, um, I'm saturated in the God's will. I'm saturated, in, I'm saturated in God's presence, right? And I learned this years ago, and I live by this, this, this statement I'm about to make you, which you submit to, you have a right to draw from. And so, so, I, so I, I've used this example before. 
uh, we actually have uh, uh, spigots around here for water, right? If the hose was hanging around the spigot and you squeeze the hose, there's water coming out. No, it has to be what? Connected. But let's say this. Let's say if it's connected and you screw it just a little bit, just so it's attached, and you turn on the water and you're trying to squeeze, would you get all the water? Some of it would be what? Uh, spraying everywhere because that's not what? Totally connected, secure, where there's a proper seamless flow, right? Where there's a seamless flow. And I think that's what happens sometimes. It's not because we're tripping or this, that, and the other. Sometimes we don't understand, as we were talking about discipleship this morning, how to really totally be uh, connected. So we don't submit to totally what God wants us to submit to. And we don't understand what you submit to, you can draw from, you can pull from, you know. And this is, this is so, what's so tough. Our nature doesn't like submission, connection, covenant. Uh, our, nat our nature wants to do its own thing. It doesn't like accountability. It's, it's not like we, we, we're not like uh, crazy or anything. It's just, it's, it's our nature, it's our natural nature. Um, and, and for men, we were talking about this guy talk um, uh, on Saturday. Guy talk, 10 a.m. every Saturday on the conference line. Information on the website. All right, so we, uh, we were just, you know, we were talking about how men are just, well, men and women are different, but, but men is, is, those egos is amazing. Like, so it's like, so I, so I used the Andersons. So Z came to the church first. Minister, Minister Lamar was the spiritual, uh, had been involved in the kingdom longer. So the vet, we'll call him the spiritual vet, right? And so it took him a while for him to join the church. Uh, and, you know, again, this, I might not be totally accurate, but I don't think I'm totally off either because she found the church. You know what I'm saying? So, so, and it's, it's, it's something in a man, you know, like, like we got to lead or we got to be first or we, uh, if I thought of this, you know, if, if somebody's doing something for me to submit to it, grow within it, help push it, and then branch out from it, something in a, in a man feels like what you're doing is now less than. So, so, so we, we sometimes, uh, we go, we aimless in life because we don't find what to connect to and let God push us from there. Because the Bible says, you're faithful in that which is another man's God will give you your own. We don't find that. We just have to do my own thing so I can say I did this. And that's, it's a lot of times, it's just ego. It's just, it's, 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 it's something, we're just like that, you know, it's just, it's just ego. But, but it starts young. So, because I, I know, I know uh, young men that their fathers uh, mentored them and trained them and brought them up to a certain point. Then when they got good, it was almost like, now I got to almost like separate myself from my dad so nobody won't say it was my dad was the reason why. But your dad ain't playing the games. You know what I'm saying? You are. I suppose Steph Curry said that. You know what I'm saying? Like, your dad can pave the way, but your dad can't, uh, he can't play the game and he can't establish himself for you. Well, I, my brother got me a job working in juveniles for the first time. That's how I started working with juveniles. And so when I first went there, I was Irv's brother. He got me the job. I'm good with that. But after a while, it was Keith. I established my own self, but, but not... But I, I, I grabbed everything I could learn from my brother. You see what I'm saying? It, it didn't take nothing away from me. I worked, for, I worked for a church for 12 years, went there for 18 years. I learned a lot from Pastor David Forbes. So I, I, so I, I submitted and I drew from. But we're pastoring now. It's, it's, it's not uh, David's uh, whatever, uh, you know, you established, we were faithful in another man's, God gave us our own. Does that make sense? Well, it doesn't take away from us, but we think it does. And, um, 
and and, and I'm gonna show you how it's a benefit for us not to uh, to to skip God's. What are we teaching on Wednesday? Oh, evolving purpose, right? Remember we were talking about their steps. Like you don't want to skip the steps, right? You know, we could be cheating ourselves. And so what happens is when we have an uninvested connection, it's like we have a, a it's compartmentalized offering. You know, the scripture says. Uh, present yourself as a living sacrifice, but it's almost like, okay, God, I give you this uh, this hand over here, <laughs> but everything else I'm gonna use for what I want to do, right? We're not. It's not an all-in offering. It's compartmentalized. Um, instead of offering ourselves or giving ourselves, so so let's let's look here at Second uh, Corinthians ten. Second Corinthians ten, and we're gonna hit uh, verse six. Probably going to focus on verses 6 and 7, even though we probably can read the whole chapter. It's, it's that good. Second Corinthians 10. This is talking about just a, a principle for our lives. Now, the, uh, uh, I, saw, I gave you the wrong chapter, it's actually chapter 9. Even though chapter 6 it says have the readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. But that's not what we're looking for. It's chapter 9 verse 6. Now my chapter opens up chapter 9 with a free and cheerful giving. This is free and cheerful giving. Um, whatever it is, your time, your talents, or your trinkets, right? Verse 6 it says uh, but this I say, he would soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. Look, he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. And look, verse 7, every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for, uh, for God loves a cheerful giver. So, you know, we reference that a lot around here. So, so it says, if you, if, you, if you give of yourself sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. It's a simple principle. And it would make sense, like, it, suppose, so, so, so let's say in faithfulness in another man's, we, we're not all in, we're not totally invested. But we're believing for our own. Like I said, you know, sometimes guys, girls, whoever, but I, I focus on the guys, how sometimes, well, I just want to do my own thing. Well, so, so let's say you have an opportunity to give your all to assist someone else. I always use Super Bowl to win their Super Bowl, but you have to do it because you want your own thing. So you go out and you do your own thing. Well, you're just going to have a bunch of people under you that's looking to do their own thing. But if you've given your all to anything, when God gives you your own, you can trust everybody around you will do what? Give their all, right? So, so it has to be an invested uh, connection. Let's go here to Matthew 7. Matthew 7. My old philosophy, don't take my word for it. It's in the book, right? All right, so Matthew 7, um, and we'll start here at verse 2. It says, for what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And for what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. And it says, why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but not consider the beam that is in thy own? But this is saying, what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. So it says, the measure you use in, in, in how you're uh, investing or connecting with anybody, that's, the me that's how you're being measured. It's the same thing. So, so if you... If you say, I don't think it takes all that, everybody dealing with you will be like, well, I don't think it takes all that. If you're not mindful of no one of yourselves, that's how people are dealing with you. They're not mindful of you. <laughs> They're mindful of themselves, right? So it's the same measure. If you give your all to anyone else's, people are going to give their all to everything you do. It's a simple principle, right? Same measure you have is measured back to you in Matthew 7. So, 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 so again, the suggested investment. I said, I used the word suggested. So what's, what's being offered for, for us to invest is uh, to be planted, to plant ourselves in something. You know, uh, what's, what's also being offered is to be all in. 
to be all in. We owe it to ourselves to be all in. Uh, years ago, uh, we, me and my wife was talking, and we didn't see a whole lot of fulfilling relationships around us. Now, we're not talking about people that's been around at pretense. We're talking about really fulfilled. And so, and, and so she said she was looking, you know, on her side of the, 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 the on her side of our, our family, and I was looking, and I said, wow. But I realized it's not because people don't want to be fulfilled. It's very few people know how to be fulfilled because they're not all in to anything. You know, everybody's freelancing. They're, they, they're all in is hard. And so, so being planted, being all in, and being faithful in. Let's go to Psalms 92. Psalm 92. We're going to hit uh, verse 13. I reference this a lot when we talk about membership. Verse 13, it says, though that be planted in the house shall flourish in the courts of our God. It's, so it's saying, excuse me, it says, those that are planted shall flourish. So if you think about a, a plant, and I, I always think about this, so a plant is put in the soil to grow, but the plant is not put in the soil, taken out of the soil, put in another set of soil, then taken out of that soil, put in another set of soil. Now, when that plant is put in that soil, it has no, it doesn't have a, what is it, what they call it, Doppler radar. So it doesn't know what the weather is going to be. Not, matter of fact, it doesn't know if they're going to build in that area. It doesn't know how many people are going to hike through the area. It doesn't have none of those considerations. It doesn't know what animals may come and start to chew at its leaves, what types of bugs may come and start to eat on it, or some of them to eat to help. Some of them to eat, to devour. Has none of, it doesn't have none of those options. It only, only, only has one responsibility, stay planted. So the winds, the storms, the weather, the rain, the bugs, the animals, the hikers, whatever comes, its job is to stay planted. So, so we, uh, you know, around here, you know, we see a lot more land. And so we were looking for where the building was going to be. And uh, where we were living in Mount Holly, there was, a, there was some acreage. It was like 30-something acre, acres for sale. So we went out there, and we walked the land with the guy. So he, he walked us through the, the property. And so he made a statement. He says, well, he says, I know some of it was flat. You ever you look at land, and it just seems flat, no trees and no nothing. And you just all grass. But then some of it, most of it had trees, but then it was this section that had like real skinny trees. And he says, well, he said, man, he says, we excavated that a while ago. And he says, all the trees grew back. I said, huh? He said, yeah. He says, when you see all this stuff that looks like weeds and it first start growing, let it grow for some years. That's all these trees you see out here. They start. And they just grow. And they, so when you see all this timber, all this greenery, some of that used to be weeds, little weeds that's grown into trees. See, the thing about being planted, the options are unlimited if you stay planted. Right? But it's stifling if you keep uprooting yourself. Right? Or if you're not all in. So it's the value of planted. So 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12. That's why we say try to get, find a place where you can get planted and then you'll flourish in the endeavors outside of the house. Planted in the house, flourish on the outside of the house. Psalm 92.13. So 1 Corinthians 12, and we'll start here. Not start, we'll just read this particular scripture for the sake of time, verse 18. It says, but now... Has God set the members, every one, it didn't say some, every one of them in the body as it pleased him. So now look at this here. God planted us in a place in his body as it pleased him. See, once again, we talked about this earlier today. A lot of times we think when we're making decisions, it's our will. But it's what's influencing our will. If we're submitted to God, we're being led by the Spirit. If we're not submitted to God, 
we're being led by the flesh. Or, and we talked about this in the discipleship's personality. The adversary has access to the flesh. But we think it's, we talked about this when you compromise God's will. It's your flesh. Uh, it can affect your feelings. It can affect your desires. That's why the Bible says, uh, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Let's read the scripture a different way. So if I delight myself in God's word and God's will, he's going to give me the desires of my heart, but it's going, it's going to seem like I came up with those desires, right? It's going to seem like I chose Charlotte or I chose the pastor. No, but what I've done is I've delighted myself in the Lord. Now, let's say if I don't delight myself in the Lord, I'm not trying to delight myself in the world. I'm going to do that by default. And the adversary will give me the desires of my heart. But, but I'm going to think it's my desires. That's going to be the key. Is, uh, in my mind, it's gonna, I'm thinking it's my desire. So now God set the members in the body as it pleases him. The adversary can get us to uproot or disconnect ourselves, uninvest ourselves in the connection we have. And so we're not getting our full supply of what we need, Right? even though the scripture says God will supply all your need, right? All right, so let's go to Matthew 22. That's the dangerous thing about being in compromise. When I say compromise, compromise relationships before marriage, I'm going to say, they're uncommitted relationships because we out there, you know, kicking it and partying. Well, people hurt you. And so once you're hurt, you can, you can, you can decide to be married, married, which is a connection, but not be all in. But then a person that's with you doesn't operate all in, and you're wondering what's wrong with them because you say to yourself, I'll, you know, I'm not going to be all in. I'm going to see if this person's going to be all in. You know, because last few times, you know, folk was tripping. So I'm going to watch this person, and if I see that they're all in, I will be all in. It's just one problem. They need all of you for them to be all in. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Each person just has to come in, because we talk about this, you marry by faith and you grow in love. So, and then when a person starts to do disconnected things, the other person goes, what's wrong with them? Well, what's wrong with them, what keeps them thirsty is the other person is all in. What keeps everybody thirsty is, is, is all in. So if you're not all in, it does have an effect, right? It does have an effect. All right, so Matthew 22, 37. It says, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God, look, with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Now this is not saying... Uh, 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 spirit, soul, and body. This is saying with all thy heart, and then it says, let's go deeper with all thy soul, and it says go deeper with all thy mind. So it's saying be all in in your love for God. Be all in. Invest all of yourself. Uh, was it Romans 12, 1. Romans 12, 1. I know I'm always quoting it, but it's good to see with your eye gate too. All right? It says, I beseech ye. This, this is Paul uh, exhorting or begging, uh, pleading. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. He's saying, give yourself all in. John says in three, John 3.30, I must decrease the, and we must increase. Right? And so let's look, look at Luke 8. Let's go to Luke 8. I know I'm giving you a lot of scriptures, but as we talked about earlier, God's job is to give us truth. Our job is to give him faith. Right? And, it's, and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if, if, if it's if, if the man of God doesn't give you the word of God, what do you attach your faith to? Because uh, you can't attach your faith to my will, you know, to what I, or my personal preferences. 
And let me see here. I was going to start at verse 8. Let me see. But let's see if I do it this way. Let's, let's do verse 5. It says, A sower went out to sow his seed, and, he, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. It says, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And it says, and others fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. Uh, now verse 11, right? It says, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. So this is him breaking down what he was trying to say in the pre previous parable. It says, those, those by the wayside are they that hear, then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest, lest they should believe and be saved. And they on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. And they which fell among thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth and are choked with the cares and the riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection or maturity. Verse 15, but that, but that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it, stay planted, and bring forth fruit with patience, Right? And uh, uh, Mark chapter 4 says some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. So here we see something here that a seed is sown, but the seed must remain planted and be kept in water before it can produce a harvest. So, I, so a seed has to remain planted. It has to remain planted, and it has to be kept in place but it has to be constantly watered to produce a harvest. Um, uh, the scripture says when we're planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, right? In Romans 6, 5. So when we're, so, so if, if we're the seeds and we are planted in Christ, we have to remain in him, right, to produce what we're supposed to produce. We shall be like trees planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth our fruit in our season. You know, our leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever we do will prosper. But we have to stay planted. And that's the tough thing about people growing. I know this message connects to the Wednesday message, um, which is uh, evolving purpose. The tough thing about evolving is there's, 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 uh, there's seasons where you don't have the same produce that you want. So years ago, uh, when I was growing up in Newark, New Jersey, they planted, I tell this story thousands of times, they planted plum trees in the backyard. And so that same summer, they asked us to, to turn the soil and to plant tulips. And so we planted the tulips in the fall, and in the spring, the tulips grow. So when we planted the plum trees, I'm young. I'm figuring <laughs> a couple seasons later, where the plums at, you know? And now I didn't say nothing to them. But I kept walking. I was always walking in that backyard looking at the plum trees. I said, I said, man, this ain't no plum tree. I'm a kid. Time is going by. Months. Now, you know how when you're young, the summertime seems like three years. You know, like, right. So, so a couple months go by, no plums. Couple, couple, the whole year goes by, no plums. Uh, another year, time goes by, but then eventually something was growing. I said, like, okay, we're going to have some plums. But it wasn't plums. It was like the white flowers. And I, so, so, so I was like, this ain't a plum tree. This is a white flower tree, you know, like, but, but for seasons, you got the flowers as it was maturing to produce plums. 
And I don't know how many years it takes for plant. I should have researched this all these years. I used the story. But, uh, but, but eventually we got plums. And when we got plums, they just kept coming. Every year, plums all over the backyard. And uh, the, the people I ra that raised me and foster parents, they would make jelly, you know, uh, plum jelly. But it took, it took longer for those. But guess what? Through all those years, we running in the backyard, playing, you know, throwing balls, whatever. Doing, all this time went by. Those seeds never came out that ground. They stayed planted. And time went by because there was a different season for the plum trees than it was for the tulips. To everything there's a season, there's a time for every purpose. The plum trees had a different timing and different more years of maturity than the tulips, but both seeds had to stay planted for their time. Well, a lot of times you could be a plum tree looking at the tulips going, look, they're all pretty. They, they done budded already. Come on, God, where's my produce? But you may take more time, if that makes sense, right? But you have to stay planted. That's the key. You have to stay planted, you know? See, this is the key. The investment you give and the investment you allow determines the harvest you manifest. So the investment you give and the investment you allow determines the, the harvest you manifest. So what does that mean? So how, if I give myself all in, I reap the harvest of that. But if I allow people to give to me all in, I have to receive some things. I'm going to have to receive some instruction, some correction, some direction. But, but if I allow that investment, I can, I can, I can produce something from that. So I had to allow... Whatever wisdom, whatever insight, whatever direction. I was just, I was just telling this story, uh, and I, I forgot who I was talking to, but I was telling the story of my college coach. And so when I was in, I was a little, little idiot, but I used to see him. He used to be playing tennis in the summer, and I would be walking by. He's Bradley, Bradley, you working on your game? I was like, Nah, coach. I see you in September. You know, like that Nork in me. I see you in September. And then I would, I would have a, a, a bag with uh, a quarter of Slits Bull in it. Yeah, I hold up the bag. I'm like, I see you in September. And I laugh with the fellas like, yo, yo, hey, tripping, man. I see a dude in September, man. And I thought I was cool, right? But he was actually trying to uh, invest in me and, and giving me what he got to become the great point guard he became, right? But, but, but I was... I wasn't all in. So I had a connection. I was on the team. But I, but I wasn't totally invested. And so when the September would come, folk would show up in shape, not me. They had, we had garbage cans on each end of the court for a reason. And I used them. <laughs> I was running. I was, I was, man, you know, they run you to you know, I'm, I'm not going to be all gross, but y'all know what I mean. Garbage cans, they had garbage cans, not pails. <laughs> right? And, but imagine if I would have worked out, which eventually later on in my, my college career I did, you know, summertime, stuff like that, I'd have been more prepared. So uh, John Maxwell says the leader is ready when his time comes. So, so imagine if we are all in all the time. When our time comes, we would be prepared. I, we look at it now. Like we have uh, situations where we need people to do something. So, well, that can't, they can't, that person, we put that person in harm's way. They, they ain't even close to invested, you know. But they, they, they have all the lingo. <laughs> they have all the lingo, but they ain't invested, you know what I'm saying? But, and it's not even a crime. It's like, hey, you can't make nobody invested, you know what I'm saying? You, you know, you're like, man, that's unfortunate. That, that person would be perfect if they was invested. Right? I see God saying that all the time. He's like, man, that person would be perfect if they was invested. <laughs> right? And so, so, so we have to, we're going to have to embrace some brokenness in this process. See that seed, uh, uh, John chapter 12, 24. John 12, 24. We've referenced the scripture before here at the church plenty of times.
It says, look, verily, verily, I say unto you, except the corn of wheat. When it says corn of wheat, it's referring to a seed. Except the corn of wheat or a seed fall into the ground and die. Look, it says, if it doesn't do that, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. So listen, what is, it's, it's talking about planting. It said, if, that's, if that seed goes in the ground and stays buried, so it's paralleling that to dying in the ground. It's dying and planting. It says, if it does that, it brings fruit. If it doesn't do that, it remains alone. Well, what does it mean? A seed, right, unplanted is just a seed. That's all it'll ever be. So let's, let's say you are a seed and you decide to isolate yourself and not plant yourself in nothing. Not, not invest yourself, be faithful in that which is another man, not bury yourself in something that has to submerge you, pressure you, and break you. Let's say you decide to avoid that. You abide alone. You, you, we, we were talking about this in another situation because so, we know some different situations of people that are alone, but they've never invested in, been all in in anything, relationships or anything. And so they like freelancing. They like not being unaccountable. So they've never been broken. So you can't release what's in you. There's a book by Watchman Nee called uh, The Release of the Spirit. And it references the scripture, and he says, well, when you're praying for stuff, God sends you what it takes to break you to release that's what's in you. But we try to get around brokenness. We're about saving face. We're about looking good. We're about pretenses and fronts as opposed to brokenness and burying ourselves under the pressure. See, because some of us start the process of the bury, start the process to die, but as soon as the pressure starts to squeeze us, we try to jump out the ground. <laughs> we unplan ourselves because we don't want to go through the squeeze. We don't want to be broken, and we don't realize we're cheating ourselves. See, planted in the body, God says to members in the body that pleases him, to be planted is to be living in humility. See, that, that, that seed has to, for a long time, nobody sees it. Now, it started out as a seed. It may be a cute seed, pretty seed. I don't know how, what type of seed. But it starts out, nobody sees that seed. When it gets buried, nobody sees that seed. When it's going through its brokenness, nobody sees that seed. Matter of fact, it seems as the seed does not exist. So the seed could say, I'm being overlooked. The seed could say, I'm not being considered. The seed can hear about other flourishings and go, what about me? But you got to stay planted and allow the brokenness to be released. You got to stay all in, totally invested, right? You got to, you, hey, you can't uh, resurrect yourself. See, that's our challenge. Like, we try to resurrect ourselves. That's God's job. So if you resurrect yourselves, you are now responsible to bless you. You're responsible to provide for you. Right? You're responsible to fulfill you, to heal you, because you resurrected yourself. But if God resurrects you, then the life you now live is the life you live through Christ. So he's responsible to fulfill you, to prosper you, to heal you, because he resurrected you. The life you're living, you're living off of his power. But if you resurrect yourself, you're living off of your power. So your power better get you to your fulfillment. Right? So that's the difference. If I'm, if I'm totally invested, if I have an invested connection, I'm buried, I've died to self, and the only way I'm living is through that resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead, raising me. See, the Bible says we buried with him, right? We shall be risen with him, right? See, so, so, so you know, this, this planet or this humility or dying to self or not saving face or being patient in this brokenness process, you know, it just reminds me of just like the, the, the worth of every relationship is the, uh, the measure of vulnerability invested. The worth of every relationship 
is the measure of vulnerability invested. So the more I give of myself, my cracks, my flaws, my mishaps, that's the value of the, 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 the relationship. So I have to invest all of me. So some people don't even know you. Because you haven't given them a chance. Like, I'm not going to display the cracks. I'm a safe face. I'm going to look good. It's all about my polish and my shine. And then if I don't like, the th if I don't like my cracks, I I'll cover them up, co cover them, cover them up with, uh, with artificial things. That's why we're in a culture where people, they add, they, they, uh, we call it back in the day, uh, sports, padding your stats. You know, remember you used to say, you padding the stats. Like, you know, well, People, people be padding their bodies. Like, like, like they add all these things. And, and honestly, in some cases, all you're doing is adding future cancer. But they add all these things, these, these temporary enhancements. And, and, I mean, I know some people have millions of dollars, so they can, you know, they can just keep adding on, you know, just keep replacing them. But your body is constantly growing, either atrophying or going another way. So what happens is it... it it, it throws your whole flow off this because it's fake. And, and what happens is you didn't allow God to resurrect you. So you figure you just do the add-ons, you know. You know. Instead of doing the, you know, uh, burying yourself, uh, what Paul said, I buffet my body daily. Instead of buffeting our body daily, which would be a level of discipline, we, we're, we're, we're trying to resurrect ourselves, right? And so, so this is this this process of investment. Um, it can tough. It can be tough. It can be difficult. Even as you grow, and there's accountability and responsibility to invest in a relationship. Like there's a there's a level of accountability and responsibility I have as a a, a married man. Uh, there's a you know uh, probably my greatest challenge. Er, I was gonna say challenge, but challenger is probably my wife. That's probably my greatest. You know, I live with her. You know, she she's inside the force field. Everybody else is on the outside. So truth from her probably is going to hurt a lot more than anybody else. Other people be like, okay, that hurt a little bit. I can make that adapt, adjustment. My bad. But the wife, I'll be like, ah, man, I done blew it, you know. But I got to embrace that. If I'm all in, I got to embrace that. It cuts. Uh, it cuts, baby. It cut me bad. No, I just... But I gotta embrace that, you know, um, to to grow, and 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 I think uh, it's the same thing with mentorship relationships. You know, when we get into the kingdom, God set the members of the body as it pleases you. But God is not retarded. God doesn't put you in environments of people that's going to lead you without giving them what you need. See, this is the thing. God doesn't put us in environments. Uh, people, without giving you what you need. Now, now what you need may be, a, may be a little bit tough to swallow at times. So I think about the relationship with Elijah and Elijah. Elijah and Elisha. So J-A-H and, and S-H-A, right? So I think about the, the, that relationship, and I think about... Uh, the connection. It was an invested connection. Uh, and, you know, there's a book uh, by uh, Terry Nance. Uh, when I was in the armor bearer, we, we studied the book. He has volumes. I don't know. It might be like up to volume seven now. But it's a powerful book. And, and the, the foundational book, uh, volume one, talks about this relationship between Elijah and Elijah. And so, so let's look here at 2 Kings chapter 1. So remember I said what you invest in, you have a right to draw from. What you invest in, you have a right to draw from. And I, and I use men. I said men, you know, men can be ego-orientated a lot of times. Um, but it's not just men. You know, sometimes, you know, I, I've seen over the years ladies struggle. You know, they, you know I, I, I know guys will be sizing each other up, you know. You know, uh, but... Ladies besides each other up too. <laughs> she ain't all that. I, I, I heard something yesterday. We we did a wedding. The couple was actually from Puerto Rico. We'll we'll see them soon here. Uh, but we've been doing their premarital. We did their wedding yesterday, and so people came in from you know from Puerto Rico. And so we were talking to one of the high school students, and so we said, well, well, well do you want to come here? So the college student, he wants to come here bad. 
you know. But the high school young lady, she was like, well, no, nah, I like it better in Puerto Rico. You know, yeah, and they be having like sandstorms and they don't have earthquakes and everything. I said, so, so we asked her, well, what do you like best about, you know, being in Puerto Rico? She says, well, I like school. And she says, because we're all together. She says, everybody's together. And I said, okay, I said, wow. See, so she was, so she had went to school here, I think maybe in middle school. And she said, there were so many people, uh, well, I'm going to use our language because she was trying to cultivate it in her language, but hating. She, said, she says, there's people that didn't like me. There's, thing, there's people that didn't like her. They were from Puerto Rico. They were here too, but here they didn't like her, and I think they felt that she was more Americanized, right? Almost like you done sold out to be like America. But she said, there, everybody's family. And actually, in the atmosphere we was in at the wedding, it was like they're treating us like family. Everybody was, I loved it because it was family. It was, it was more, it was, they were celebrating, not hating. And then she said this, she says, like, I just went to a new school in Puerto Rico. And they treat me like I've been to the school the whole time. And so, but that's what God wants. You know, he's trying to, like, like. We're so busy sizing everybody up, we don't realize God sent people around us to help us to grow. But if somebody is, is, can do something you can't do, well, I don't even want to learn that because then, you know, I feel they'll be superior over me. What kind of sense to that? But you don't learn nothing that way. Like I learned stuff because I'm learning from her. I learned a lot from them uh, at the wedding. I learned a whole lot at the wedding. I was listening to everything. Just a whole nother culture, you know. We got, we, got, we got family now in Puerto Rico. We go to Puerto Rico. We got people we could, we could uh, hang out with. We had some great conversations. Um, but let's go to this Elijah. I said that for a reason. So 2 Kings, uh, make sure I got this right. 2 Kings 2. So we're going to dance back and forth through 2 Kings 2. Uh, verse 1, it says, it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elijah from Gilgal. So, so it's, it, you know, everybody's sensing Elijah's about to go to another level, right, with God. And Elijah said to Elijah, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. And Elijah said unto him, as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. So, so now Elijah's like, I'm not leaving you. So you can, I'm serving you. Where you go, I'm going. I'm not messing up. I'm invested. I'm not messing my connection. And then the sons of the prophets that were in Bethel came forth to Elijah. This is the, the, uh, the mentee. He says, uh, where at Bethel came forth to Elijah and said unto him, Knoweth thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today, meaning you, your leader is going to be taken away from you today. He said, and he said, yeah, I know it. Hold your peace. So now they're spending so much time with God. Everybody knows what God is doing, what God's going to do to the man of God, that he's about to go to another a level. You know, I know I've told the story wrong before where I said he asked Elijah what he wanted. He told him a double portion, and then he then he followed him and wouldn't leave, but he actually was following him and knew he was going to another level before that. So I, I told it, twisted before. Verse 4, says, And Elijah said unto him, Elijah, the mentee, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. I'm not, I'm not disconnecting. So they came to Jericho. And the sons of the prophets that were Jericho came to Elijah and said unto him again, Knoweth thou that the Lord will take up thy master from thy head today? And he answered, yeah, I know it. Hold your peace. I'm not trying to focus on that. I want to focus on my connection. Because they're trying to remind him, well, you know, once your leader is removed to another level, you know, you're going to another level, right? And he was like, hold your peace. He says, I'm not trying to focus on that. Look, basically what he's saying is I got to finish strong. This is the, this is the end of, 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 of a couple decades of a relationship of a connection. This is, it's a guarantee anybody hearing from God that Elijah's going to another level. And so you've been under him, 
you're going to take up that mantle. And he's like, man, hold your peace, man. That's not my focus. I'm finishing this thing out. And so God's taking him up whether, whether the, the, the person that submitted to him is around him or not. So he could have got overconfidence like, he, said, he, he actually told him, hey, man, you can stay here. Well, cool, man, I'm kind of tired. You know, I mean, I've been, I've been following you everywhere for all this time. He's about to take you up anyway, you know, and, you know, I need a break. And since you gave me permission to have a break, I'm about to take this break. But the, the, the person submitted was so connected to God. I was like, oh, no, bro. Where you go, I'm going, because I'm supposed to get more than just what you want to leave me. I'm, I'm supposed to get more than that. Exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask or think. No, 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 no. I'm not, no, I'm saying connected, right? And then uh, where did I end up at? Hold the piece. Verse 6. And Elijah said unto him, Terry, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he said, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And the two went on. And 50 men of the sons of prophets went and stood to view afar off. And the two stood by Jordan. So now they're going to Jordan. Now, if he would have stayed, he wouldn't have saw what he's about to see. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters. And they were divided hither and thither. So, the, so they too went over on dry ground. The Lord split the Jordan. He wouldn't even have saw that. And he split it with his mantle, right? Okay, and, and it came to pass when, when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elijah, he wouldn't have got this either if he wasn't with him. Ask what I will do for thee before, before I be taken away from thee. And Elijah said, I pray thee, let, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he, and he said, thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. So now he's telling them what you've been doing is what you got to continue to do. You got to see me when I go to another level. So you have to be present when the Lord elevates me. And it came to pass as, as they still went and talked that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire of horses, fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up in the whirlwind unto heaven. And Elijah saw it and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more and took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. And he took also the mantle, same mantle, remember that he took to split the Jordan of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Look, and he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, look, and smote the waters and said, listen, where is the, the God of Elijah, his mentor? And when he also, also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elijah went over. And when the sons of the prophet, which were to view uh, at Jericho, saw him, they said, the spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elijah. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. See, he followed him, followed him, followed him, was there when he said, when he, was, when he smote the waters. Then he asked him, what, what, do you, what, what do you want? He said, a double portion, you got to see me when I go to another level. Was still there connected when he went to another level. When the mantle fell, he was there to receive that mantle, took that same mantle, saw what, his, what Elijah did. He said, same God that's with Elijah. Be with me. And he smoked those waters and they opened up for him too. See, so what you invest in, you have a right to draw from. And the prophet said the same spirit that was on his mentor is on him. Because he was totally all in invested. So he not only received his mentor spirit, but a double portion of his anointing, his power. Right? But he had to be invested. Now, if you start to uh, study out the story of Elijah... Um, what else I have you? I gave you that. I gave you that. We read that. Second Kings three. Second Kings three. And I 
Verse 11. It says, but Jehoshaphat said, is there not here a prophet of the Lord that, that may inquire of the Lord by him? And one of the kings of Israel's uh, servants answered and said, here is Elijah that just received that mantle from his, his master, the son of Shaphat. Look, it says, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. What he's saying is he served him for years. And Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. So what he's saying is just because, oh, this is the guy that was submitted to Elijah. God is with him. Hey, we're kings. Let's go to him. Right? Right? And this, this is the story where his servant said, man, the kings are coming after us. Because he kept telling what was happening in the king's house. This is three chapters later. And then he said, he says, uh, he says, Master, all these kingdoms out there. He says, Lord, open his eyes that he'll see. And it was chariots round about, right, coming against all the armies that was coming against him. Right? Because he had said, great is, is more to be with us than be with them. So my whole point is, after a while, wasn't nobody saying, uh, calling him the other prophet? He came into his own. You'll see all the miracles and stuff he did because he submitted to, he had an a invested connection. So we, we, we want to compartmentalize our connection, but we want the benefits of being all in. And, and, and again, you have to realize this. God set the members in the body as it pleases him. Elijah that got from Elijah, it was neither one of them's goal. It was God. When, when Elijah, after he had, uh, took out 450 prophets and he was in the cave, and, and I don't know why he was worried about Jezebel. He's worried about Jezebel. God said, okay, now listen. First of all, get your behind up. Go do what I asked you to do. He says, I want you to anoint this king. I want you to anoint this priest. I want you to anoint this prophet. And he said, I want you to anoint Elijah to, to he's going to take your spot. And so when he walked by him, he dropped his mantle on him as, a sign, as signifying, yo, follow me. And he said, well, I got to go back and take care of some things. He says, well, then what do I have to do with you then? What he was letting him know, when I, when, this mantle was saying, you've been faithful in your family. So Elijah didn't start his, his commitment or submitment in following the man of God. That wasn't the first time he was, he was invested. He was invested all in in his family. And he's, because he was so invested, that's how he got selected. God was moved by his heart for his family. He says, you've been faithful in another man's, now it's time for you to have your own. So he put that mantle of chosenness on. When the mantle of chosen was on him, now his faithfulness wasn't compliant to his family. Now it was submitted to God and God's delegated authority. Not God's uh, ultimate, like, like leaders aren't God's, the authority, they're delegated. They're de Elijah was just serving Elijah what he needed to go to another level. Right? So, it's, again, what you, allow, what you invest in and what you allow to be invested in you determines what harvest you have in your life. Does that make sense? Right? So, it's, it's, it's a, it's a um, I'll get into this, this Moses and Joshua piece next week. But it's, it's a, we have to return to investing in God's system and God's kingdom in the way God sets the body in place. Right? We have to, in, the scripture says, do all things as unto the Lord. Like, so, so, again, if we're operating in obedience, we find where God wants us to plan ourselves, and we plan ourselves out of obedience to God. If you think about it, you had, um, we'll probably talk about this next week too, but you had David that was connected to Saul. Saul lost his mind. That didn't change David what David was going to do. Even when David had a chance to take Saul out, he said, no, I'm not touching the Lord's anointed. That's between him and God. I'm going to remain faithful, and I'll honor him. Matter of fact, even when David took over as king, he found one of Saul's sons. Saul's gone. He found some, one of his sons and said, uh, was it, was it Meshiva? I can't say that. Boy, that I ain't reading now. It's Meshiva, Meshiva Beth? Uh, Something like that. It was, it was Saul's youngest son. He was, he was lame. No, it, was, it starts with an M. Uh, but his son was lame, but he took care of him. 
the, time, the whole time he was in the kingdom. He took care of him. That's how uh, uh, connected or invested David was and connected to even someone that eventually got jealous and envious. He didn't trip because the person got jealous and envious. He's like, no, I'm doing this as unto the Lord. God wanted me to sow into this anointing because that was the first king. They didn't have kings before Saul. They had, they, first of all, God didn't, they didn't need none of them. They saw the other kingdoms having judges. They wanted judges. So God gave them judges. Judges was tripping. Then they asked for king, a king. They wanted the king. So God gave them a king, but they saw other kingdoms doing that. So he gave them Saul. Saul lost his mind and they gave him David. He gave him David, right? So, but, it, but you'll see the pattern. You'll see Solomon was blessed because of his connection to David. But we talk about Solomon. Solomon got his own books and everything, right? So it was, Solomon wasn't slighted because he honored David. Elijah wasn't slighted because he, he submitted to Elijah. You'll see Joshua wasn't slighted because he submitted to Moses, right? So we have to, when we plan ourselves in, in what God told us to plan ourselves into, we have, we, we have a right to a manifestation. So some of our holdup is we, we're operating an uninvested connection. We're not all in and nothing in our lives. So I talked to somebody uh, a while ago, and they realized they had never been committed to anything. And in some cases, a lot of us have never been committed to anything, never been all in with anything. But, but what we've done is we've given more than we were, gave before, and we call that commitment. We don't call commitment giving all that's needed. We call com commitment giving more than we would have normally given. So we've established the measure as opposed to embracing the measure, right? So that's what's been our holdup. Uh, God's looking for an invested connection. All right, so that's all for today. Let's stand to our feet and pray.